Editing Lisa here. Just popping in to say thank you for all of those who have uh, reviewed so far, especially the new reviews here in May. It really does help us in the algorithm. And this is a shorter episode today. Uh, it is, we are in the midst of peak season for our other jobs right now, so things are real busy right now. Let's get into it. Thanks, y'all. Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast. My name is Lisa, my pronouns are she, they. My name is Celeste, my pronouns are she, her. And today, we are doing the Hope Diamond. Ooh. Let's get into it. <laughs> Intro music. Intro music. What? That's how the intro music goes. So, what do you know about the Hope Diamond? Um, actually, surprisingly, not a lot. Yeah. Um, I know that there was some sort of curse that came by it, and I know it was like old timey. Yeah. I'm thinking Indiana Jones type. <laughs> I mean, that's a good uh, way to describe it. According to legend, it, it would very much be a um, a Indiana Jones type of thing. But um, so it's got a long and weird history. Currently, in its current iteration, it is in the Smithsonian Museum, Museum of Natural History. It's, at this point, it's about 44 carats. Oh. It, it was set into a, a necklace with mm-hmm. a bunch of other diamonds around it by, what's his name, Pierre I'm Cartier. i Google it because yeah. I actually have no internal reference Here. for I what got a 44 photo. carats looks like. Uh, <laughs> I have a photo of it. Hang on. And so it was set in, into its current iteration by Pierre Cartier of that Cartier Jewelers where the Ooh. bracelets are like $1,000. <gasps> oh. Um, yeah. So I just showed Celeste the photo of it. Um, it's gorgeous That I took with and I had a school group in. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, so I took that photo when I had a middle school group at... Museum of Natural History. So um, that's where it currently resides. This is your photo that you took in person. You saw the Hope Diamond and you're still alive. It's the owners (laughs) that are cursed. Ah. But because all of them have died. The last individual owner was in like 1940, though. So, you know. I mean, that makes sense that he died. It's not diamond colored. No, it's blue. And oh. so we're going to get into it, actually. Oh, so nice. it was, it's a combination of carbon and boron that gives it this really deep ocean blue color with a little bit of teal in it. Beautiful. When it was initially initially mined, it was, I saw either 112.3 carats or 115.16 carats. Jeez. Which is almost. That's huge. Yeah. So it's almost three times the size of its current iteration. Since this is a podcast, should we say how how big was it in person, like in comparison to maybe like a, a dime or a quarter or something? Yeah. So just for weight purposes, one carat is 0.200 grams. So in its current iteration set set into circlet of diamonds and 
the platinum band because it's in a necklace mm. now. Um, just the sort of hope diamond and the diamonds that are currently around it. It's about the size of a, of your palm of your hand. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, well, a little bit smaller maybe, but like I have a small hand. Yeah. <laughs> so Celeste's <laughs> hand, but maybe to like little bit smaller than my current hand but that's counting a kind of wide-ish band by percentages of circle mm-hmm. of diamonds that's around it it's a pendant i call it a <laughs> i call it a circle it's a pendant on a diamond necklace and think of like the necklace from titanic titanic because on that's purpose, immediately because, what it <laughs> so it inspired that uh ah, the titanic necklace i um, was like ooh, yeah <laughs> um is that one blue as well yeah yeah so i think it is the same shade of blue hope diamond might be slightly darker i think but yeah no it's currently kind of small because 44 carats if you're thinking a carat mm-hmm. is 0. 0.200 grams then hang on let me do the math here pausing for math Math music. is a total of 8.8 <laughs> grams okay yeah but again point four, or 44 carats currently it's um, not small but it's small compared to what it used to be yes because again it used to be almost three times the size different sources said either 112.3 carats or 115.16 carats so a whole lot bigger than it is currently uh, and it's not called the Hope Diamond because it's inspiring positive feelings. Uh, there was a guy called Henry Philip Hope. Ah. Uh, yeah. And he, we'll get it to him. Anyway, <laughs> so. Okay. So now I know that the Hope Diamond is a diamond yeah. that is blue and expensive. Yeah. And now I want to know how they found it. All right. So. <laughs> Before there were diamond mines in South Africa, or at least before they had found all the diamond mines in South Africa, India was the place to go for that. And so it was mined in India and sold to a guy called Jean-Baptiste Tavernier in the 1660s. And again, it's that interesting carbon and boron combination Mm. uh, that gives it its peculiar color. In the 1660s, it was called Tavernier Violet or the Tavernier Violet um, because like here's this giant in diamond terms, giant stone. And but it, it, so it is a diamond. It's just colored yeah, differently. Yeah, it's just got that little extra boron that gives it the little oh. different color. 1660s, wow. Yeah, <laughs> long way. There was one book that I had called uh, Cursed Objects by J.W. Walker. Um, Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> and so he says that there's a legend that it was stolen from the eye of a god or a statue. Uh, I found two stories about what happened, neither of them from academic sources, so requisite grains of salt. Mm-hmm. And one of them is from the Cape Town Diamond Museum. Quote, The story goes that the curse began with the Tavernier Blue, which was the precursor to several large diamonds, including the Hope Diamond. It's all the same thing. Jean-Baptiste Tavernier allegedly stole the blue diamond from a Hindu statue where it was serving as one of the eyes. Upon discovering it was missing, the priests put a curse on whoever was in possession of the gem. It is said that Tavernier came down with a raging fever soon after stealing the diamond and soon after passed away. However, other reports show that he lived until the old age of 84. It's... 16 whatever a yeah. fever will be able to kill you so that's one source the unless other... he was like 83 when he stole <laughs> it and then suddenly he i died. don't think so <laughs> yeah i don't think so um, he was born in 1605 so you know if you're 55 and 
it's the 17th century, then yeah. you're doing all right in terms of your lifespan. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's one source. The other source was Wondrium Daily, and it said that it's thought to be cursed as it was stolen from a Sita idol in India. The original thief was torn to pieces by dogs, and everyone oh. else who had been involved with the diamond met horrible deaths and bad luck. Ooh. Again, TBD. Um, <laughs> there was another source that said the Cartier brothers made it all up for money, uh-huh. but we'll also get into that. So... I mean, um, they didn't seem to do bad for themselves. So. Well, yeah. So, again, Cartier <laughs> is around today. I don't think you're going to get anything Cartier for less than, like, $500, which is a lot. And that's, like, their singular earring that's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're bougie. Anyway. <laughs> So, uh, that was in the 1660s. Okay. 1672, uh, Tavernier sold it to uh, King Louis XIV, and he cut it down to 67 carats, so about half the original weight. What did he do with the other half? I don't know. Kept it? I think at the time, in some parts of the world, it's important for a stone to have like physical size, mm. and they don't care about how it reflects the light versus in europe it's about it's important to have like refraction and have it yeah uh reflect the light all pretty and scatter a bunch of light if it hits it the right way and so i think part of what happened to the other however many carrots uh was just sort of it was shaved off to make sure the angles and planes are all pretty and stuff ah what a Um, waste yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so at that point, it was, it was now called the French Blue. It was set into a mm. pendant because it's a French king in the 17th century. And uh, then a few years, or a while later, in 1749, Louis XV mm. set it into uh, the emblem of the Golden Fleece. Uh, and the Order of the Golden Fleece is a chivalric order that started in Spain. It's a whole thing. Uh, they... They're all knights, and so they all have, like, this one pendant that they wear. And a uh, French king was like, you know what? I'm going to put a really fancy diamond into mine. Ooh. Um, well, yeah. he, Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Why not, right? Yeah. You already have this really fancy yeah. diamond. Yeah, right? Might as well do something yeah. with it. But then uh, everything changed when the French Revolution happened. I'm going to... Are you pl- saying the French Revolution is the, the result of the Hope Diamond? I mean, Hawker says that the French Revolution maybe some blame the diamond for royal deaths in the French Revolution. Again, maybe Hope and Cartier making things up for marketing. <laughs> Who knows? Because Louis the Sixteenth was yes. the next person to be in possession of it. Um, apparently, Marie Antoinette really liked wearing that necklace. Anyway. Something happened. It was either stolen or it was lost or something, something. Life is chaos. It's the French Revolution. Um 20 years happens, no one lays eyes on it, and then, in 1812, it turns up in London, and I have a photo directly from the exhibit at the Smithsonian that I'm going to read off of here. I'm gonna imagine when you're like, nobody knew what happened to you for 20 years, it was like on Marie Antoinette's bosom or whatever, yeah. as she was getting beheaded, and then it like fell and it like rolled into the streets and it got kicked into like a sewer and then it went like down the sewer like moses style and then it washed up on a shore 20 years later <laughs> all right just gonna have a really dramatic retelling yeah. in my head <laughs> yeah so in 1812 a large blue diamond uh this is from the 
Smithsonian exhibit on it. A large blue diamond, almost certainly the one stolen from the French crown jewels, turned up in London. It had been reduced in size by more than 20 carats. Sometime between 1812 and 1824, the diamond was apparently sold to England's King George IV. Uh, an 1812 memo by John Francilion, who was a London jeweler, which documented the presence of the blue diamond in England. One day after the statutes of limitations expired on prosecuting theft of, Fren- of the f- French blue diamond, French law decreed that the gem now legally belonged to whoever possessed it. No official legal word on what happened in those 20 years. Yeah. Maybe they were telling people your theory about, oh, I just picked it up <laughs> off the street. <laughs> but... <laughs> it just washed up on shore. I totally didn't steal it from yeah. the um, crown jewels. Yeah, it's definitely uh, convenient timing that they were... It definitely feels like someone was had a big circle on the calendar for the day the statute of limits yeah. statute expired so then it was probably in some royals hands and they just didn't say anything or alternately it was in francilion's hand oh, at, yeah. or <laughs> someone he knew and he's like listen i can't officially take this from you until whichever yeah. day legally i cannot do that and playing the long game yeah and then whoever he was talking to was like okay fine and then one day after whatever day happened he's like okay here's the now thing I can take it from and he's you. like okay fine he uh, kind of waited like a week to be a little less suspicious yeah or but a month you know <laughs> but i wonder again it's like 1812 how fast is news travel at that point i don't know if they have telegrams yet who knows anyway 1812 yeah. probably not yeah so exactly it could letters take, yeah <laughs> but then with letters it could take a week to get back to the french government about like hey this 40 something carat blue diamond that you don't see very often anymore just randomly turned up anyway <laughs> so 1830 uh george the fourth died and henry philip hope who was a banker and gem collector in london he brought the diamond Sometime in the 1830s. Don't know if it was Francis Leon or someone else. And that it was him who the family who gave the it the hope name. Yeah. So what was it called before then? Just like uh, so for a while it was called the Tavernier Violet, and then when he sold it to the French royalty, it was called the French Blue. Oh, right, right, right. And then it was uh, that random shiny thing in the street for 20 years <laughs> is what we're guessing. <laughs> we we don't actually know for sure because no one is giving it a name. And then um and then it was the Hope Diamond. Got it, got it, got it. So, so it in the Hope family until uh, the turn of the 20th century. And then, so I'm reading here from uh, the uh, Smithsonian exhibit on it. It passed back and forth between diamond merchants and collections in London, New York, and Paris. It was in their family for like 20 years, but nothing. For like 90 years, or oh, 70 years, yeah. And But so, like nothing bad happened to them? Correct. Mm, Not that I could find. Suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> And so, maybe they were the chosen yeah, ones. <laughs> maybe. So Henry Philip Hope dies in 1901, and then there's another 10 or so years where it's just where it's being passed back and forth be- amongst all the major cities, and then uh, it wound up with uh, Pierre Cartier, the jewelers, mm-hmm. sometime during the 1910s. I saw 1912. I saw it later in the 1910s. So somewhere in there during the decade, winds up with Cartier. Got it. And um, by that point. Especially in the last half of the 19th century, that's when the, they'd found the diamond mines in South Africa, and diamonds are becoming more plentiful. It's probably about this time where you say diamonds are forever and charge yeah. a metric fuckton. And um, in order to justify charging a metric fuckton for 
a diamond, especially in the post boom of the yeah. um, of finding these more plentiful mines. Pierre said, "This is my theory. Uh, I'm absolutely making this up, but uh, <laughs> I have in my notes here. Pierre at his two brothers that he's in business with. Let's make a wild story and sell it to a new money American heiress." <laughs> I don't know how to do a French accent, so that's my closest attempt. <laughs> I didn't know that was supposed to be French. I wasn't even going to attempt the French. I was just going for let's make fun Haughty, of Pierre. Like, yeah. So, Pierre. <laughs> so uh, Cartier turned it into the pendant with the smaller diamonds around it that we see today. He sold it to a woman uh, called Evelyn Walsh, Walsh McLean from D.C. Oh, for $180,000 in 1910s money, which is more than $4.5 million today. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And so she she liked being kind of wild about it. Like, she liked wearing the, um, the pendant. She liked showing <laughs> off the pendant. She liked having uh, her dog show up to parties wearing the pendant. The I don't know dog? why. <laughs> I don't know. Uh According to the Smithsonian, it is rumored that her great Dane, Mike, once modeled it. She often kept it in her favorite hiding place beneath the sofa cushions. What? Okay. Because she's way you, too rich. If you yeah. spend that much money and then you just put it on your dog and you put it in your sofa cushions. I don't know why. Awful. Yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, I mean, in the Titanic uh, movie, Rose just freaking throws it off a ship. Yeah. So. But that's in the <laughs> 1990s. But like also... Again, similar to this, why not just donate it to a museum or sell it to a museum? Pay off all of the loans for your descendants forever, you know? Because she thinks her descendants are going to be rich forever, apparently. I also looked it up. The Titanic sank in 1912. So it's funny that it's like... (laughs) As soon as they, once they're like, oh, no, there's other diamond mines. Yeah. It just makes, it has more credence of the, like, the Hope Diamond is actually the Titanic yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, What's it called? Uh, the the <laughs> Heart of the Sea research. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen the movie once, but. Um, I've seen the, it's, I don't think I've ever seen the entire movie the full way through. But I've seen long. that ending sequence, like, the last 40 minutes, like, so, much, so many yeah. times. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's a it lot. It makes me cry all it, the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Uh, so, 1949. By 1949, Evelyn McLean has died, and Harry Winston of New York City, who was a big jeweler at the time, uh, he bought it from uh, her estate, and it became the central attraction in, in his fabulous Court of Jewels collection, uh, which toured the world to raise money for charity. Oh, see, he's doing something good with it. Yeah. Thank and, God, because Walter yeah. Face did not know how to yeah. handle it. Yeah, but again, if you have that much fucky money in 1912, like, <laughs> why not put it on your dog and in the in her defense, c- cushions? And... Of all the dogs that put it on, a Great Dane is nice I and regal. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I feel like size ratio, a uh, Great Dane yeah. can pull it off. Like, if you're pulled in, putting it on... I don't know, a Shih Tzu or something. A like it, Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if the Yorkie would be able to hold its head no. up if it was, if you put the necklace on it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> also, Great Danes are short-haired, so you could actually see it. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to if you like put it on, could, like, a Pomeranian or yeah. something. <laughs> I mean, you could probably make it some sort of cool bag of jewelry on a Pomeranian, mm-hmm. but they didn't want it to stay in a place. Yeah. No. Anyway. <laughs> um, the couch cushions pissed me off more yeah. than the dog did, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> But then Harry Winston, who's the one who toured it for charity, said, um, there's a quote here, again, from the Smithsonian exhibit. Uh, His quote is, 
It was my objective ever since obtaining the diamond to give it to the government as the start for a great jewel collection. So, mm. you know, at least he was trying to do something with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he bought it in 1949. In 1958, he presents it to the Smithsonian as... Part of the collection, it now belongs to the people of the U.S. We're all cursed. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you think of how, maybe we are, because you think of how much garbage has happened since the 50s, then, you know. There's yeah, at but least... garbage was happening before that, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, since the 50s, there's, since 1958, there's been a number of questionable wars, uh, Wealth gap. There's also it's a whole been thing. a bunch of good stuff, yeah, though. Yeah, that's true, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> Social reforms and... Yeah, the other important stuff. Um, Wait, so nothing bad happened to the dog lady? Um, Around the time that she, Evelyn McLean, yes. got the um, Hope Diamond, that's about the time that the Tales of the Curse arose. Oh, um, she was like... Because, like, she and her husband apparently had trouble conceiving oh. and then uh their kids died tragically <gasps> the ones that they did conceive oh, no, I feel and bad about <laughs> giving her shit. and um put the diamond on the dog i don't yeah care. just to, <laughs> whatever makes you feel whatever okay. makes you smile and then her like her husband was cheating apparently. oh my god yeah so it was a whole thing and perhaps that's why but also perhaps people were mad that you know someone has $180,000 of fuck you money in ni- in the 19 teens right but point being is it like the stones fault or is it just like life. is it just life so who knows maybe all of the above they don't know that it's 19 whatever you know <laughs> but yeah it inspired the diamond from the titanic Ooh. and November 10th, 1958, is when the Hope Diamond was mailed to the Smithsonian. It was insured for $1 million in 1958 money, which oh, seems okay. about right. Yeah. Um, I was like, doesn't seem like a lot. And then you he, said in 1958. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Okay. <laughs> so price... Con- Wait, no, that's not what I want. Inflation calculator. So 1958. Yeah, got to make sure I have the correct number of zeros. Ten million, one hundred twenty-six for the equivalent of ten million dollars. Yes, so that's yeah. that's um, appropriate. <laughs> but all of the stamps, like there's a photo of the uh, postal clerk mm-hmm. doing things up. Um, all of the stamps and insurance costed one hundred forty-five dollars and twenty-nine cents in nineteen fifty-eight money, the equivalent of one thousand four hundred seventy-one dollars and twenty-five cents in twenty twenty-two. Question. I don't yeah. know if you know this, but has the value of the Hope Diamond gone up or gone down over the years? I like, don't know. Currently. It's hard to say. <laughs> I mean, if you were to find a 110-something carat diamond today, that's going to be worth a whole awful lot yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but then you get into the economics of like supply and demand and like i guess all of these other things i'm wondering because it's the hope diamond oh yeah that make it like more worth more even though it's smaller than oh yes when it was first discovered i'm sure given reputation probably that said i don't know you mean you sure. didn't look into how much it would cost to buy it? All right. I, you know what? No, kidding, how much? <laughs> just go up to the museum curator and be like, can I buy this, please? 
<laughs> I mean, there is a Google search now. How much Hope Diamond worth today? Chicago Diamond Buyer. This is just the the first one that comes up. About two hundred and fifty million dollars today. So Evelyn McLean getting a good deal. Yeah. yeah. Serious. So yeah. so the price did go up. Yeah. Um, good and, for it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I wonder if it's like just because refuta- reputation and everything. Yeah, I'm just going to glance at this source real quick. Um, it is apparently the largest blue diamond in the world currently. I believe um, that. Modern day carrots, it's 45.52. There is apparently a change in measuring system because it was like 44 and some mm-hmm. change before. Apparently, some of the larger blue diamonds have come from South Africa. Mm. And uh, those diamonds are anywhere from 20 to 50 carats. Oh, wow. And um, this again, this is ChicagoDiamondBuyer.net. <laughs> so if kings in the 17th century had it, had not cut it down yeah, by it half, it would definitely be the biggest. But that said, they did. But do you think there's grounds for a curse? Given, again, that it was owned by the likes of, like, Marie Antoinette. And- I think if you look at it from, like, this uh, this person, you know, Marie Antoinette had it, and this woman who couldn't conceive had it, and her husband cheated on her, and, like, it was sold right before the Titanic sinking, or, like, it was um, owned by, you know, like, you know, this guy that was ripped in pieces by yeah. dogs, which is no, there's no credible account yeah. for that. Then you could make some sort of story of it could be cursed. But considering how many times it was just in stasis and nothing yeah. bad happened. Yeah. It was in the Hope family for like yeah. 70 years yeah. and nothing bad happened yeah. to them. Like, from what we can tell, there's nothing that like, well, the France Leons, uh, he bought it. And then three days after that, he was like murdered in a house fire. Yeah. Or, I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> murdered in a house fire is the funniest thing because that implies that the fire was like stabbing him while he... <laughs> I mean, that's about the time that they're getting rid of, like, fire insurance and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Uh, I just don't think that there's enough evidence. Not evidence. I don't think there's enough coincidence slash happenstance in the time that it's been. If we think about, like, movie curses, like the the omen curse or something mm. like that the, usually the bad things that happen to those people happen within the span of like 10 years mm. but the hope diamond has been around since the 1660s yeah and there just doesn't seem to be enough bad luck correlated with it yeah <laughs> you yeah know? yeah it, it's an interesting again, story though yeah and again there was enough turmoil in like the 18 18- at like the turn of the 19th century in yeah. Europe that sure something like that could have gone unseen for a while okay and then it turns up one day after the statute of limitations but again yeah. there's a while where France Leon probably has it and again not yeah. done a house fire or anything <laughs> but, I think it, oh sorry I didn't no, mean go to ahead. interrupt you but then again it's sort of a uh, again the Hope family as you say yeah. 70 years and like what happened to them um, at editing Lisa if you find anything insert it now <laughs> but I don't think so but then again when the McLeans have it, it's just, I just pulled up um, their Wikipedia page and it's like, Evelyn McLean got married in 1908 to the heir to the Washington Post and Cincinnati Inquirer. Uh, they had four kids, two of which predeceased their parents. And 
And yeah, at the it's same a whole time, thing. Though a lot of there was a lot more child mortality like higher mortality rates because they didn't have the medicine that we have nowadays or ways to like detect diseases one of their kids died in 1919 died in a car crash was hit Mm -hmm. by a car it's just like you can't control that people still die in car crashes you know the cars were dangerous more dangerous back then yeah (laughs) well i'm just thinking also like it would have been interesting if you know, because you said it went to, like, King Louis the Fourth, I think. Uh, 14th and 15th and 16th. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 14th, 15th, 16th. Yeah. So it would have been interesting if something bad had happened to each of those kings yeah. Well, I mean, something. something did happen to Louis the 16th. Yeah, but it took three, like, you know, yeah, Louis to, before and something was, happened. Yeah, and it depends, again, on what iteration it, is it cursed in, because, like, we have these stories of it getting cursed when it gets taken out of the eye of whatever deity or mm-hmm. uh, statue in India. So one would assume that that iteration is the iteration upon which the curse is placed. And so why didn't Louis the Fourteenth, when he cut it down by half, yeah. uh, why didn't he get, why didn't that invoke something, you yeah. know? Yeah. Or, because he technically physically didn't do it. Do we know what happened to the guy who did? Again, we go back to was Maybe it Tavernier he also who? Got killed by dogs. <laughs> well, <laughs> but then again, is it was it Tavernier who was actually doing the mining mm. or stealing or whatever, yeah. or was he just like, or was he just the jewel broker? Yeah, you know, um, because if he was just the jewel broker, then well, maybe that could invoke the curse if he physically laid hands on it but maybe not but if he was the one like in the mines or and or the temples trying to uh, steal the eyes of religious objects then (laughs) (laughs) yeah then that would invoke the curse but i don't know yeah but But um, i i like seeing how it got hot hearing how it got hot potatoed throughout europe (laughs) it really seems like it was getting hot potatoed but um what do you think, dear listeners? Uh, do you think it is cursed? Do you think it is not cursed? Do you think that now that it belongs to the American people, we are all cursed? Uh, <laughs> send us your thoughts, dreary midnight podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review anywhere you find your podcasts. Apple Podcasts is probably the best. Follow us on Instagram at dreary midnight pod. And <laughs> don't buy the Hope Diamond. Don't. I don't know if any of you have the money to, but if you do, donate if to our Patreon. If you happen to have $250 million or however much yeah. it was. Uh, maybe buy the Hope Diamond and also donate to our highest tier of Patreon. <laughs> Serious? Might <laughs> as well. A, it's a joke tier, but it's $500. So if you have $250 million, then maybe you should do that too. Don't put the Hope Diamond on your dog, though. Yeah, just don't. Um, <laughs> or in the couch Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that either. Unless you stole it. And then, you know, maybe then that's a good idea because <laughs> this is getting unhinged. <laughs> Our tangents are too tangenty. All right. We got to right. we gotta call it. All right. So don't steal the hope, Diamond. And safe travels home on this dreary midnight. Good night. Good night.